get real estate that you are going to use yourself. And again, everybody has different thoughts about that, but I really kind of feel like if you're going to use it, you're going to be able to weather through the ups and downs. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And this week, we're diving into real estate and the medical profession. Not so much real estate related to the medical field, but related to medical professionals themselves and it being the number one focus of net creation, net worth creation for the medical professionals in today's current economic situation. So super excited to have Dr. Ted Lin on today. Number one reason I'm so excited is he's not only a top tier medical professional, but he's also a top tier investor. So it's an awesome combination of the two. And secondly, is a fact that he is all about adding value. It's not about making extra money. It's not about uh, helping himself. It's every day, day in, day out. Not only is he an ER doctor helping individuals in their emergencies and in their personal life, but he's out helping those doctors that he's working with on a day-to-day basis, helping answer questions and helping them reach their real estate goals and expectations that they're they're trying to reach. So it's awesome how he's just all about adding value. So in the next 15 to 20 minutes or so, you're going to get so much value add. I'm very excited about it. And even if you're not in the medical profession, the data that he's sharing can relate to anyone, but it is a little more kind of centered around the medical professional. But if you aren't in that field, I still know you're going to get a ton of value. So make sure you listen, dive in. And uh, I want to just welcome Dr. Ted Lynn. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks for having me here. Great. Well, I think Ted and I talked a little bit at the beginning, and we want to do the five things that come up when you're talking to someone in the medical profession, and they hear that you have a $7 million real estate portfolio that includes your personal house, vacation, rental, short-term rentals, along with long-term rentals. So very good, uh, well-rounded, diversified portfolio. So when they hear that, what are the kind of the five things or five actions that kind of come from that? So that's kind of what we're hoping to dive into today with Ted and and we can kind of get started right away. But Ted, uh, anything you want to kind of just put out there before we kind of dive into the five, those five topics? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think for you know the docs who are on this, uh, who are listening to this, you know, I'd love to get a little bit of a of your background just to, to share with the the group that uh, I'm with. Uh, that would be fantastic. I've I've spoken a lot about you in terms of working with you know other real estate investors. Um, so if you could give a little background. I know people on your podcast certainly know you, but if you could give a quick intro, uh, that would be fantastic as well. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Docs, anyone listening, just kind of my my background. Um, so you might hear me make a few comments or experience shares. I try not to tell people what to do or not to do on, on these, but I like to give experience shares. So my experience comes from being a real estate professional a little over 15 years. I bought my first house hack in 2006. 
I was a farm kid. I grew up around farm ground, going to farm auctions, seeing just the, the net worth creation through owning farm ground. And in college, I, I realized that I wanted to go kind of to the next level of the real estate instead of going back to doing the farm. So I set in, in uh, college to get in the real estate professional uh, career as an investor and, and a commercial real estate broker. And over the last 15 years, I've compiled a portfolio of over $20 million of personal assets that I own outright, along with anywhere, kind of depending on the day, five to $10 million of involvement in partnerships or syndication. So by day, a real estate broker, advisor, uh, we do development. I own a property management company here in, in Colorado, but we have assets in three states ranging from oil and gas leases, hunting ground, to uh, long-term rentals, development, you name it. So I just love real estate and I love adding value. And that's why Ted and I connect up so much is it's all about the creative real estate podcast is about adding value. That's it. Not selling, not promoting, but simply adding value. So that's my story. If any of the connections, Ted, that is Ted's connections that would love to reach out, I'd love to be a value-add resource because I know that if you're connected to Ted, um, you're you're wanting to learn. So, because he's, he's a great resource. So that's my background, but let's get why we're here, which is helping docs and the real estate net worth creation. So yeah. number one, what do we got, Ted? God, you know, it's, uh, you know, docs over the last several years, it seems like real estate has really caught fire with uh, physicians and has really gotten on the radar. Uh, I think that has come from a variety of things. Um, you know, we have high W-2s. You know, we generally have a pretty good salary, but not a whole lot of ability to write off. So real estate has always been a very good ability to kind of write off the taxes. So I think docs are starting to figure that out. I think kind of over the last several years, you know, medicine has moved more towards corporate medicine. And with the pandemic uh, hitting pretty hard over the last year, I think docs are realizing that the burnout is real, that our career may not last the way things are going for, you know, until you're 60, 65. And I think people are really starting to feel that, particularly after last year. So the burnout is starting to happen. So I think people are starting to kind of really open up their eyes and be like, man, I, I probably need, you know, some passive income. I need to maybe look at investing a little bit better. So, you know, I'm not going to be kind of caught in this, you know, caught with my pants down, so to speak. I think a lot of people last year also realized that, man, you know, my the job may not be as stable as I thought. A lot of us had hours cut, uh, got furloughed, depending on what your specialty was. So kind of that consistent paycheck where you're like, hey, everything should be good. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, things may be a little bit different. So I think all of a sudden, people are starting to realize, hey, I need to kind of look at some alternatives. And real estate seems to be uh, something that has uh, literally caught fire over the last um, several years. It's great about the real estate, not about the burnout. It sounds like, and from talking to you this past year, that it truly is a, a situation that not only is affecting the doctors, but this burnout's affecting our society here in the next two, five, 10, 20 years, even, even further along that the burnout of these doctors because of COVID and, and corporate type structures is, is significant and that real estate can potentially help People, you know, doctors, I mean, it can indirectly help people because it helps those doctors stay a little more motivated. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if you know if you talk to the the people who have been in real estate and who have been able to build a portfolio, I think in general it's you know I think those people have kind of found or, or refound their passion. You know, it doesn't mean that it, you didn't lose it. You know, it just kind of gives you a little bit more flexibility to be, hey, I have a good safety net where I could go ahead and stand up for my patients. I could do what I believe is right. I could go ahead and go up against administration to say, hey, you know, this doesn't really quite jive with you know, kind of my values and why I went into medicine. So I think it, it gives people more flexibility. For example, myself personally, I work in the rural ER out in the country. We we're getting hit pretty hard and I just wasn't spending enough time with my family. So, you know, kind of realized that. And I went ahead and turned in my resignation recently with not anything really set up down the road. So I wasn't sure where I was going to go, but I knew kind of where I was at probably wasn't in line with my values and what I wanted for my family. But because I had my real estate portfolio, I was able to make that decision and not have to worry about, oh man, like, you know, what's going to happen? How long is it going to take for me to find something? Uh, so it, it's it's a really nice safety net. And that really allows, at least has allowed me to explore things to be able to say, okay, well, what about medicine? You know, kind of what part of medicine could I do? What else can I do to help people? It may not be directly in medicine. It may be real estate with other medical professionals. So it really, I think, opened up you know, kind of my options. And, and hopefully with uh, kind of some of the other docs and medical professionals as they get into it, it will also help them open up their options down the road as well. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm seeing just from getting to know you these past years is that you had that burnout and now you're getting a little more involved in the real estate producing a little more content for other docs and helping them out. And it's, and it's just helped your overall kind of day-to-day mindset. Uh, so hopefully you can take what you've learned this past few years and share that with others. Cause I know that the medical professional is, is a needed, if not the most needed thing in our society to help an overall functioning and, and positive society is, is, that overall health of the people. So it's super important. And I hope we can figure out, help figure out ways to, to keep those awesome doctors in the medical field. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, if uh, either one of us could kind of help uh, another doc kind of build that foundation so they could you know, kind of go out and do what they want uh, with medicine. You know, I think, as you said, for society, that's uh, that's certainly a good thing, right? For sure. Well, that that's a good segue into number two that you told me is you get that doc that says, hey, I want to get my first investment. I want to do what you are doing, Ted. I want to get there. Um, but that means they got to do their first investment. So what's what's that one thing that you can tell someone to do if they're getting ready to, to buy the first one? God, I think, you know, it depends on where you're at, right? I think first thing is to listen to podcasts like this, you know, kind of get some education, you know, kind of ask around. I think docs are really good good at that. If anything, they, they may do a little bit too much analysis, you know, but kind of uh, with the passive income, with the white coat investor, uh, there's just a lot of resources that other docs have put out and they're all really high value. So not just here, but, you know, other places, uh, you know, they learn from those uh, kind of content, ask other people. So start off with that. And then I think once you kind of start getting a feel, right, this isn't like med school. It's not like residency. You don't need to listen and study for four years of med school and, and three years of residency and, and kind of more fellowship before you're ready to, to purchase your fir- uh, first property. You know, I think go out there, listen, get a sense because there's just so many different ways to do real estate, right? And then I think, you know, kind of start talking to, you know, kind of other people that you trust who have done it and then kind of 
that way they could kind of talk to you and and kind of maybe get a better sense of what you're looking for and then kind of go from there. I think mentorship is important. You know, I I did mine kind of, you know, just on as a side thing, learning along the way. And man, if I had met you, you know, got seven years down the road, Jason, I think, uh, or before. I probably would have saved myself a lot of pain and heartache, right? Talking to someone with more experience and having a mentor. And I think that's something that's also pretty important. Yeah. It's start starting to learn and then, but be careful when you are gathering that data, make sure that it's not kind of, it's more of a gestalt type of setup where you're not getting it where people are telling you what to do, but they're experience sharing and they're adding value in, in a general way. And then it's kind of your responsibility to then take that data and figure out what's best for you. Because ultimately no one can tell you what's best for you. You need to, to kind of figure that out and know that for yourself. And I think that's one thing I see in the medical field is they're so data driven that they kind of take that, that book, that book knowledge, and then just it's cut and dry. It's black and white. And that's the awesome thing about real estate is it isn't black and white. But the downside to that is for people that kind of see in black and whites, right or wrong, they get that analysis paralysis. So I think it's it's best that you kind of figure out what's best for you, build that, take that data in, and then make that decision. You don't need the four years as as Ted Ted you were kind of inferring is you you might be able to jump in right away. You're well educated, very smart people, and uh, and real estate isn't near as difficult as being in the ER room for one evening. So if you can figure that out, you can figure out real estate. Don't, don't give yourself too hard a time. So I think that's kind of a, my little, little tidbit I'll toss in. So, all right. Third, you mentioned is it, is those first two, or they've already had their first investment and they come to you because they hear that you already scaled. It's like, all right, I've got my first one. What's your one tidbit that you give to those doctors of how to scale? What's that one thing they need to do? Yeah, I think, you know, scaling, man, it's, uh, you know, kind of that's where I'm at right now. I'm kind of looking at it. It's like, God, go ahead and scale more. And what I'm really learning is you need to have your financing and lenders in place. Uh, for those of you who, uh, who have, I have talked to, you know, I've asked a lot of questions um, during the most recent conference with the other docs. And man, one of the huge things I missed was I never realized that, hey, commercial lending, working with lenders was such an important piece, right? Because I've always done mine conventionally, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm ready to pick up another property. Let's go ahead and go the conventional route, turn in all your papers and whatnot. And I'm starting to realize that you know, this is so much of this lending and banking is about relationships. And that's what I'm trying to uh, kind of cultivate right now. Uh, talk to other docs who are more experienced, who have been able to, to lever and continue to grow their assets. And it really is about developing these relationships, particularly with lenders. Um, that's probably something you could talk about a little bit more, Jason, because you're way ahead of the game on that one. And I'm just starting. But really, I think, you know, my big roadblock up to this point was I, I thought I was like, hey, I guess this is where things end and I'll just ride depreciation and I'll go look for something else. And it wasn't until I started talking with other docs who have scaled bigger that I realized, man, there are other things and, and the financing piece and developing the relationships, getting to know your lenders, especially local lenders, really make a difference. And you could probably comment more than I can because uh, I'm just kind of starting that journey. Yeah. Portfolio loans is the key to kind of scaling. So portfolio loan 
is a local bank that's holding it in-house. So Ted, you were kind of mentioning that you've done the traditional route, which is is great, but it, it does have its limitation, which is a mortgage lender that takes that, rolls it up into a package and sells it out on the CMBS commercial backed mortgage, you know, and they, and they roll that up into a, a bundle of 10 million or 50 million and they, and they sell that. So it has to be very strict guidelines. So you can't really scale because it doesn't fall within those guidelines, but a portfolio bank, which is a local bank, like here in Colorado, that's first bank, commerce bank, bank of Versailles, ones that have like first in front of it, like, you know, local banks that is not Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America groups like that. So my recommendation to you docs is, and Ted and I talked about this in the past, and he made this comment, I don't have time for that, is get to know two to three, maybe four or five, but just two or three to start local lenders, local bankers, figure out who your top three banks are that lend locally in your market and connect up with one of those bankers. Ask around and I guarantee you that there's another doctor who has a good relationship with one and and network. But Ted, you're like, I don't have time for that. And that's where, you know, I really pushed Ted in in the past to make time, just make a phone call, send an email introduction and I think you've done a unique little thing with with writing some some cards to him. I think Ted, you know, so I think Ted just wrote some letters because he didn't have the time to meet up. He was out in the middle of Colorado and doing his ER, so he wasn't local um, where he can meet up. So I think doing those things, those touch points, and I think that's going to pay off hugely for for Ted is starting now um, and building those. I know that has me personally. You know, I try to keep a lot of my stuff out of these podcasts, but I. I do want to say that's the number one reason that I am where I am is because I built those relationships with bankers 8, 10, 12, 15 years ago that are paying off today because now it's a 7, 8, 10-year relationship and they trust me. They'll go to bat to their lending committees. This guy's worth it. Here's his history. Here's the history with us. And you know they'll give me a $6 million loan for a new build spec construction project that they wouldn't have if I was simply just coming in the door saying, guys, I want 6 million. You don't know me from, from Adam. So that's definitely something I, I recommend as well. So I'm glad that Ted is bringing that up and kind of sharing that little tidbit of information. So reach out, get the, the one thing you can take away if you're wanting to scale from, from this is, is get a list of three lenders in your area that are local bankers and email them, call them, take them the coffee, send them a letter, whatever it takes. Connect up with them on Facebook or LinkedIn even at minimum. Yeah, well said. It's it's not so much as finding the property. It's actually fi- finding the financing first. And that's what I've like. That's a big lesson that I've learned over the last, uh, recently over the last few years. Yep, for sure. So, okay, you're scaling. You already bought your first one. You got over that, that initial burnout or maybe it, hopefully it never happened. What's that fourth kind of scenario for a doc when they hear that you have a $7 million portfolio. God, you know, a lot of times they, they ask what's in the portfolio, right? So again, it doesn't necessarily have to be long-term rentals or house hacking. You know, this is something that I think is is something that is applicable to a lot of docs is that 
kind of we call lifestyle real estate or, or vacation homes or second homes. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of docs should potentially consider first sometimes, right? It's, um, you know, kind of go local. I'm a big proponent of, of knowing your local market, living in the local market, and also just getting real estate initially before you're kind of building your empire. Get real estate that you are going to use yourself. And again, everybody has different thoughts about that, but I really kind of feel like if you're going to use it, right, you're going to be able to weather through the ups and downs. So one of them is is that vacation home. Uh, for most of us, is being up in the mountains. That's why we moved to Colorado. So um, if you could kind of get that that vacation home up there, you know, kind of eat, whether you start small or whatever it may be, go in maybe with a few friends with very similar kind of goals. And that is also another another avenue or possibility. And that is a, a real estate property that you're actually going to use, right? You're going to go up there and create memories. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's uh, I look at my kids, they're, they're six, four and, and 10 months. And I want to be able to create the memories, right? Not so much as have that memory of me coming back from work completely toast, right? I want to be able to create those memories to be like, hey, we were up in Frisco. We had a great time. We're actually leaving uh, this afternoon. I'm going up there to meet a friend. I'm taking my two boys up there. And they are they are so psyched to be able to kind of go up there. So I think those are that's another avenue to, to explore. And I think it's something that works out really well, particularly for docs, right? It's like, hey, you're, you're kind of smoked. You need a place to rejuvenate to just kind of get away. And uh, I think that that vacation home works out really well. Yeah, and you're, you're sharing with me before the call is what you kind of tell docs when they ask about that is that you say, just do it. Because you, you know <laughs> that the medical professional is you have to know everything about it before you jump in. And if you're at the point that you have the money, you know, you don't want, you haven't burned out yet. And to just do it, just take the jump. And in 10 years or when you're on your, you know, deathbed, you're not going to look back and be like, man, I probably shouldn't have bought that house and created 10 years of amazing memories with, with my kids. So that's one of the things I, I liked about that tip was just go for it. Yeah, in, and, in, a, you know, in a savvy way. Again, it's like you need to you need to be financially secure and all of that. But if you're if you're there, just it's okay. We get we give you permission to enjoy the fruits of your labor and all of education and all the things you do for people. Now it's okay to reward yourself. Yeah, and and that's very well said, right? And we talked about earlier. It probably is even it's okay to kind of jump in. And that may be something that for a lot of us, maybe even want to jump in, jump in sooner, right? Is to say, hey, let's let's kind of get that, get something that creates memories, right? Because uh, I don't know about your experiences, but long-term rentals that generally don't create the same memories as uh, kind of that vacation rental that, uh, that you may have for that second home. For sure. And, and I'm just saying, normally I wouldn't say just jump in to, on any other <laughs> podcast. I'm talking about it, uh, kind of a liability in a, in a way because of Mountain House, right. not short-term renting or this, that. It is a liability as much as an asset because there is no revenue if you're not short-term renting. But in the medical field, I want medical professionals to be happy and stay in it. And if, if buying that lake house in the Midwest or mountain property, and if you're in the mountains or such, if that allows you Monday, when you get back to the ER or into the dental office or whatever that is, and you can provide a more positive and happy and, and better experience for the patients, it's, I think that's 
one of the best things that doctors can do. So, cause it helps the entire society. So if one vacation house uh, helps those 50 people, 50 patients have a better experience, I'm, I'm all for it. I concur. Yeah. So go for it. Normally I wouldn't say that caveat, but <laughs> if you're a medical professional and you haven't burned out yet, be happy, stay in it. We want you to stay in the field and keep doing what you guys do best. So fifth, you mentioned the last one. What's kind of that last one if, if, uh, uh, when they come to you, you know, just kind of circle back, you know, I think it's, you know, if you're, if you're renting, right, you always need a place to live. Right. And as a, as a med professional, you generally have enough income that you could afford a home, right? So just just get that roof over your head and kind of start off there, right? Then you kind of know a little bit about home ownership, kind of what are some of the things that you're going to run into, you know, the, the joys and also some of the frustrations that that come with it. So I think, you know, just if you're, if you're renting, just start off there, right? You know, just start off, you know, kind of find something that you could call your own that you love and you could kind of start building on that before you get to, you know, kind of crazy and caught up in this, oh my God, everybody is scaling. I need to work more shifts and, you know, kind of own my five, 10, 15 properties within the next two or three years, you know, just start simple, you know, just kind of put that roof over your head. You need a place to live. And, you know, if you want to, do some house hacking, get yourself a carriage house, ADU, a lock off. You know, those are all things that, you know, Jason and I could, could talk about, but just get started and get started with just a house over your roof or a, a roof over your head. Cause we, we all need that. Yeah. So essentially just that buying that first residential, it's your home basis before maybe buying that investment or the mountain house or something, just making sure that you get that first personal asset first. Exactly. Great. Well, those are the five, you know, we kind of talked about the burnouts real. We're doing everything. The second to the fifth one, when you add value there is to help overall, just not in the burnout. You know, if they're able to get that first investment property, it's going to help them stay in it. The third ones that you helping them scale, keeps them in it. Like it has you keeps you motivated and you can take a little more of those, those risks in the, in the medical professional. If you have that kind of scalable real estate asset, as a backup, talked about the vacation house, keeping people happy. And the fifth is just that personal residential house. If you get that structured right and make sure you're in a good financial position with that, then, then you can also be happy, healthy doctor, and you can then start buying investments, scaling vacation houses. And uh, they all kind of work together, it sounds like. I mean, all of them in a way are your personal house is kind of an investment and vacation house is kind of investment and all of that. So they all work together. And um, it's just great to kind of have you out there being an advocate for real estate and the medical professional in general. It's a great combination. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, if there's any uh, anybody out there, you know, med professional docs, you know, I think a lot of times that when we learn all this information, you know, kind of from the conferences that we go to, from the courses, you know, it still doesn't necessarily help map things out, you know, you know, I've, most of my real estate is here locally in Colorado. Uh, so if anybody is interested in just, just sitting down and saying, hey, you know, this is kind of what's going on, let us kind of help you potentially show you a roadmap, right? And then, you know, kind of give you some ideas to say, hey, this is maybe the way that you may want to go. And I think that's something that I think Jason and I might be able to provide some, some value add there to kind of put things in concrete context and be like, hey, this is kind of the roadmap based on what you're telling us and what you may, uh, where you may want to go. It's great. Well, Ted, Dr. Lynn, 
It was absolute pleasure. We hope to have you on again, do some more follow-up, maybe even deep dive into, into one of those five that we kind of talked about in a, in a future, future episode. But until then, everyone, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.